The Path of Resistance podcast is the podcast for people wanting to learn how living life with intentionality can lead us to living our best lives. In today's world, the norm is to follow the path of least resistance, which leads to mediocrity at best. Instead, you should strive to take the path of resistance, knowing that what's to come is sweeter than what you ever could have imagined. I'm your host, Carly Welty. Join me as I interview guests who have taken the path of resistance in all areas of life and are here to share the beauty it has brought them. On this journey, you can expect to hear stories about finances, faith, business, mindset, and anything in between. Let's dive in. Today, I have Patrick Linfonte as my guest. Patrick has experienced so many valleys and mountaintops, transforming from a broken man to an iron man. He uses his experiences to give listeners a vision for creating their own path to their dreams, their own vision, and to recapturing the dream of their life. His pivotal moment came after an accident where he was thrown from his car and woke to three broken vertebrae in his neck. From there, he began a journey to rebuild himself, his body, and his spirit. Today, we talk about some of his pivotal moments and how he worked through them. If you enjoy listening to this episode, it would mean the world if you would leave a review on Apple Podcast, share it on Instagram, or even with a friend. Here's the episode. Hi, Patrick. How are you today? I'm wonderful, Carly. How are you today? I'm good. I'm so good to hear that. So I'm just going to jump right in and ask, what is an example of a time that you took the path of resistance, which led to a more beautiful result? Thanks for the question. I I want to think about it and go down the rabbit hole. And I feel like my whole life I've been like, how can I just make my life harder? <laughs> and I've found myself in this uh, recurring theme where I'm always picking the hard things, sometimes not for the best reasons. I had been thinking about this question going, what's an actual example? And I'll tell you a kind of a wild example where coming out of COVID, we all had our lives change, right? And I lost my job for a good eight or nine months. I didn't have income, didn't go to work, was trying to find, am I pivoting now? Am I going to something new? What's going on? And I tried applying to 30 jobs a day for four or five months. Nothing was happening. And then all of a sudden I got one job and I got three jobs within 48 hours. And from December of 2020 into March or so of 2021, I worked 79 days in a row without a day off. Wow. I I worked 12 consecutive 80-hour weeks without a day off, running a restaurant full-time, running a bowling alley full-time, and selling snowboard gear for commission online to try to recoup losses and try to get myself back on my feet and figure out what's going on. Well, I got fired from one of those jobs on my 79th day. And I woke up the next day and I laughed like, all I have to do to get a day off was to get fired. Ha ha ha. And about 10 days later, I woke up to an email that I didn't even remember applying to, to be a bike tour guide randomly out of thin air, just saying, Hey, we're looking for tour guides in this area would that be something that interests you? And three years later, that's what I do for a living now in the summers. I take people on vacation for a week and I don't know how they fit together or what led to what, but I just kind of put my head down, went to the grind and all of a sudden woke up and my whole life was different. 
Yeah. And you talk about making your life harder. I think it's just doing that little one step at a time, right? It's not so much as like, what can I do to make my life the hardest? But like, I have to do the hard things to get the good results. And you were consistently doing that. And now it sounds like you live a vacation life. So tell us a little bit about that job because it sounds really cool. Yeah, it looks like that. And it sounds like that from the outside, but it is work. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I will not put that past you. And to, to respond to that, I do agree in this whole idea of discipline over motivation. You know, you can only feel so good to do things, but you get a lot more results out of actually doing what you know needs to be done, not what you just want to be done and feel like you feel like doing today. And that's what that whole life is like. Essentially, if I can paint the picture of the vacation is six days and typically our guests are 65 to 70 years old, are retired, are empty nesters. They're looking to go on an active vacation and that involves bike riding. So we'll ride maybe a hundred miles for the whole week, maybe 20 miles a day. We stay in hotels. We have meals together. Essentially you'll come in on a Sunday. We'll get you fit on a bike, make sure you feel comfortable, go maybe 10 miles down the road just to make sure you feel good. And then we have a nice welcoming dinner all together. We meet each other. We do a nice icebreaker of two truths and a lie we want to kind of spice it up see what random stories you can make up about yourself i've had people say they were in the olympics i've had people tell us that they were in nasa like some of them were true some of them were false and throughout the week you get to use those as conversation starters and at random lulls in conversation throughout the week you just look at people and like so did you really jump off a hundred foot high dive, like whatever story they came up with. And basically I get to share places on the earth with people. One of my main tours I run in the fall and the spring is out in Utah in Bryson Zion Canyon. So I'll, I went to Bryson Zion like 10 times last year. I get to wake up in Bryson Zion and take people there for the first time and show them my favorite places and take them on a bike ride through there. It's it really is a great experience and it's also being on stage and on for 6 a.m to 10 p.m for six days straight so it's a lot and a lot of things that move around and it's taught me troubleshooting taught me conversation skills taught me a whole lot of stuff it's it's very enjoyable yeah it sounds like a lot of hospitality and yes. that can depending on your personality that can be emotionally draining or probably emotionally fueling depending like I said on your personality so is it just in Utah or where are some of the other tours so the company itself runs worldwide there's over 50 different itineraries I run that one and I run where I live here in Colorado I run a tour from Aspen Colorado to Breckenridge so you kind of go through all the ski towns in the summer of Aspen Vail Breckenridge and get to see kind of the the illustrious towns that you just hear of, uh, they're, they're really cool. Nice. Do you plan on doing that long-term? Yes and no. I think that it will look different over time. And I think I am, I'm learning how to do these so that the ultimate goal for myself in the long-term would be to run my own retreats and kind of really take ownership of the whole process and invite people to come out and kind of experience a week of transformation a week out of your own habits and your own rituals your own atmosphere and just kind of see what comes out of it 
Yeah, well, that sounds very exciting. So I have a question for you that I did a little bit of research and I found that you were in a car accident. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I feel like that was a pivotal moment in your life. It certainly was a pivotal moment. And I have consistently said it's the best and worst thing that's ever happened to me in terms of the experience. To put it bluntly, I drove drunk. I have made one of the single worst mistakes that everyone tells you to avoid as you're growing up. I got behind the car drunk. I drove and there's four hours of my life that I don't remember. I got thrown out of a car. It flipped four or five times. And the next guy driving down the road ran over my tire, which stopped him from hitting me laying in the middle of the highway. And I woke up in the hospital as I was going into surgery I fractured three vertebrae in my neck. I ripped all the tendons out of my arm and it really <laughs> it left me sitting there on the couch for several months going, where am I right now? What happened? How did I get here? And where the hell do I go from here? Mm-hmm. What do you feel like you learned from that? My challenge is oftentimes picking a single thing because I could tell you eight different things of what happened or what came out of it. I think the single biggest thing, if I could just pick a single thing, was taking accountability for my own life, for my own actions, for my own choices, and deciding that I would look at this experience as something that I caused and I had an effect on and I played a part in. I wasn't a an innocent bystander victim of this happened to me and, and poor me and how how could I go through something as bad as this? It's not fair. More so, I made this choice. It was bad. And now I have to live with the consequences and learn from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important is taking accountability. It's a tough thing to do. That's really good that that's one thing that you got out of it. And that's something that you can share with others that that's important to do, to be able to move on with your life and and take accountability for that and learn from your mistakes has this event affected things later in your life where you are an advocate for stuff like this yeah absolutely this has played a major part in my personality my interactions from day to day how i choose to tell or not tell people this part about me i now have gone down the road of sharing this story at longer forms by showing up to say schools or groups of people and really having this dual-sided goal of trying to prevent a single person from getting in a car and driving drunk and finding a similar or worse fate than I have if I'm honest this is you know I'm one of the luckiest people most people aren't as lucky as I have been despite oh no, I broke my neck. I'm not paralyzed. I'm not dead. Like in in the long, long story, like it's worked out as good as it possibly can with that scenario. So if I can prevent just a single person from doing the same mistake, that's a success. And on the other side of that, whether it's actually drunk driving, whether it's something that's completely different that you're picking the pieces up from in your life, you know, I firmly believe we all have a broken neck. It's just that your broken neck might look like a failed marriage or a lost job or some 
bad event that you've experienced in your life where you find yourself post that event thinking now what do I do and where do I go so if I can simultaneously also help those people and just be an example of something bad can happen and doesn't mean your life is over unless you choose to say, okay, my life is over. If you choose to use that experience as wisdom and use that experience as growth and to look into it and extract the wisdom that really comes out of you traveling through that experience, your story's not over till, till you're done with your time here on earth. And however that looks is different for everyone, but if I can be a resource for anyone you know, pre or post that event. That's kind of my objective here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. I like how you said, even if you could change or prevent one person from doing it, it would be considered a success for you. And that's so important because I think that when a lot of people advocate for anything, they want to get the mass, but whenever you just help that one person, it makes it all worth it. Do you have any interesting stories that were reciprocated to you whenever you did speak about it anyone else's experience that they came forward and was like I feel like I can share this with you because you were able to share your story yeah honestly I feel like it happens every time and I intentionally open the door it's basically like the first thing out of my mouth when I when I do speak in front of people is hey I drove drunk I'm I'm I made a really bad mistake like look at me uh, because you can look at me and I'm a white male in my thirties and you, everyone can have their own opinion. The second they see me of how successful I am, how wealthy I am, how hard of a life I've had. Everyone has these preconceived notions. The second you see another human being, whether you want to admit that or not, and feel like I can shatter a little bit of those paradigms when I walk up and be like, well, no matter what your first intuition told you about me, guess what? I'm, I did X, Y, Z and nine times out of 10, that always leads to because I was vulnerable first and showed you that it's safe to be vulnerable. Now that reflects back to me. And every single time I share, people will come back to me. I just had a conversation a week ago where I was sharing this story and it wasn't in a group setting. It was just kind of a one-on-one -on -one interaction and shared this information kind of went down this road and five minutes later this woman tells me that she cheated on her husband and they've had to talk through it and they are trying to work on it and how difficult that was and she's never told anyone else about it and now she wants to potentially start a show or a panel or a course explaining what her interaction and what her experience has been through having an experience like this and then choosing that path of resistance to say hey let's have this difficult challenging communication because there are fruits to be reaped at the end of this by having this uncomfortable conversation we can actually strengthen our relationship we can actually build more trust because of this and instead of avoiding it or trying to lie about it or try to pretend we can actually look at it and we can heal it and we can move forward mm -hmm. yeah and doing the work I think a lot of people don't want to pay attention to the work that they have to do to get over it and that's when they take the most negative approach with the event in their life saying you know this is it this is the end of all things and so 
I think that's really inspiring whenever you are able to be vulnerable and other people become vulnerable and they they're able to be to do the same because that's so important just for the process of working through those events. So I want to go back to you kind of talked about it just a little bit whenever you were basically it happened you were at one of the lowest points. How did you pull yourself up? How did you choose to look at it at a positive angle and move on from there? So there was one specific interaction I had with someone that has stuck with me 12 and a half years later, as if I was still having the conversation right now. And when I had the accident, essentially I was in a brace from my waist to my neck for about four months. And then I was just in a neck brace for another month, six weeks, something along those lines. And I had been able to move to that neck only brace about two weeks earlier than had been projected. I was healing faster than they thought I would. My doctor was happy and surprised with how quickly my body was able to mend itself and and heal itself. And by moving to that neck brace, it afforded me the opportunity to go to one of my college friend's weddings, which I didn't think I was going to be able to based on the timeline. And when it happened, I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to go to this wedding. Obviously, I, I can't get off the couch. I healed and he put me in just a collar for my neck and that allowed my mom to drive me this two, two and a half hours up to go to this wedding. And I'm standing at this wedding and the groom's uncle is just having a conversation like you do at a wedding and just making small talk. And he basically told me, it's like you're living in the bonus round of Wheel of Fortune. It just struck me in that moment and it just gave me this kind of feeling of you're playing with house money. You're, you, you're lucky. It's, it's like, you shouldn't even have this chance, but you were given it. And I don't know if that was the exact moment or I already kind of had this feeling, but it really kind of started this whole wheel of motion of saying it started as, can I get better? Can I get strong? Can I get less weak? Uh, And then it just turned more into Like, how much can I actually do? Like, where is my limit? How how much can I see, experience, explore? Like, where is the limit? Not just let me get to this one healed level and, okay, that's done. But turn into this lifelong journey of, well, how, how much can I do? What can I accomplish? Who... What can I do with the second chance at life? Basically, like, how can I serve people? How can I, like, what can I do with this life? It kind of just spun my whole perspective on, you know, oh, this happened to me to, oh, wow, I'm lucky. This is an opportunity. And for the rest of my life, you know, what could I do with it? And it kind of just sprung this whole kind of journey after that. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how one little thing that somebody says can put a different perspective on what's happening in your life. And it's crazy to think that that could be you for somebody else. So that's just an encouragement to speak into people's life, like encouraging words, but what a good story. So you had talked about this little step. It was just like one little step getting to this next healing level. How can I make myself stronger in this one, this one step? So was it the little steps that helped you at first And then once you were healed enough to be maybe back to your 
state before your strength before then you were like okay now there's no limits or how would you give advice to someone else like where to start is it a little thing or is it this overwhelming there's no limits uh, the 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 former the, <laughs> the 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 large feeling is from my experiences overwhelmed me and it definitely started with small victories there i definitely had to get one tiny thing and one tiny thing the benchmarks in that six month phase of my life were i couldn't lift my arm itself period like i couldn't lift the weight that my arm is i couldn't pick anything up i couldn't lift the actual weight of my arm itself so the sole fact of being able to lift my arm and raise my hand to elbow level was the biggest success a success to to cry about wow i can actually do this again and then to be able to pick up a water bottle to then maybe be able to pick up a a carton of milk and these tiny victories were the first step of everything. One of the other benefits that came out of this, like you asked earlier, was many times people only learn something once. It might be a long time in between there, but you don't have that very first interaction experience a second time. You might learn how to ride a bike, maybe don't ride it for 20 years, but you get back on it. It's not the same as the first time you got on the bike. And that happened with me for eating, for writing my name, for playing music. I, I've been a musician for 20 plus years. I got to do all of those things a second time for the first time where I didn't have a muscle memory. I didn't, it wasn't familiar. Like I was just going and relearning something. It was like it was the first time and being able to brush my hair was a success was a milestone was a goal and being able to do those like you said after six months after a year it kind of was this point where okay i've gotten back to this like baseline and that's when i think really the actual shift in my perspective turned to okay what's what more now okay uh, i thought maybe subconsciously this was going to take my whole life when you don't know what your future looks like, am I ever going to be normal again? Am I ever going to be back to the same again? I don't know. So I can't really experiment with how I feel beyond that. I just need to try to see if this is a possibility to get to this benchmark. And once I got to that, yeah, that's when the whole shift started to, to kind of change of, hmm, I wonder what's possible from here. I wonder how far we can go and what's what's from here. But I really think it took the small things first to try to keep that overwhelm in check a little bit. Yeah. And you had said that it was overwhelming to think of like the big extremes of even getting back to that baseline that you were before the accident. And so those small victories were really important. Is that kind of how you got through the hard days? Was it that same mentality or was it a different mentality or is there something else that contributed to getting through those hard days? I feel like no two days were the same and different things helped me through different days. And my mom, this part of the story was my mom worked for a company for 30 years and she was laid off three weeks before this happened. <laughs> so by whatever spell of the universe, she was home with me every day. And she really was one of my rocks during that time where I didn't know if I was going to be 
quote unquote normal again. I didn't know if I was going to be able to lead a life without some kind of assistance or some kind of something. So she helped me at times having that rational mind outside of what your experience is that can try to communicate with you from kind of the other side of the veil. I have struggled with that at times as well, because sometimes you don't really want to interact with that. It's like someone tells you, hey, this would be good for you. And you're like, yeah, I know it would be good for you. But you know what? I don't want to hear that right now. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes you can sit and interact with that thought. Sometimes you can't. And consistently, I think one of the, the top things I've used is trying to really stay in the present and really say today is today. And every day looks different. Some days are easier. Some days are harder. Some days have a lot more fruits. Some days have a lot more planting. Some days are different. They just look different. They feel different and they act different. So some days my coping mechanism would be to take seven showers. Some days it was to go outside and take a walk. Some days it was to have a conversation with a loved one and someone that can talk more and so I could listen. Sometimes it was having them listen so I can just vent and trying to kind of add more tools to my tool belt over time because some of them worked on some days and some of them didn't. And Sometimes going out for a walk helps today and tomorrow maybe I don't want to do a walk. So I've tried to kind of gather more and more tools to say, okay, on today's episode of Patrick's Life, a conversation doesn't work. He wants to be quiet and doesn't want to talk to anyone. Well, how? Well, that's okay. And how can we make that work? And trying to come up with multiple ways to help myself because no one way is always going to work every day 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. That's really good having the multiple tools and building them almost proactively, right? Even if you haven't had a crazy event that's happened in your life, getting this strong mindset. I love when you said every day is different and some days bring more bring fruit and some days are planting. What a great perspective to have just because it's easy to have that perspective on the days that, you know, harvest, but on the days that are the planting days, you have to have that almost preemptively to be able to remember that it's just a season that you're in. So that was really good. I liked that. Do you have anything else you want to add about your car accident? Anything else you've learned from it? So what's coming up for me now is that relationship going back to what you asked me earlier of this small goal versus overwhelming big thought and kind of how it plays into what you just reflected is that's where the bigger view comes back into play as a benefit to you where sometimes the minutia of this small every day of how do I get out of this day is what brings you down and is more overwhelming to try to get through that tiny victory of today and that's when you switch to the backside view where okay now let's go back big picture again and say today is a really hard day I don't know what I'm doing and where I'm going. And this is really difficult and trying to now use that bigger goal, not to overwhelm you, but to give you more perspective and say, Oh yeah, I know today is hard and today is going to be a little bit of a break, but I know that I'm climbing this big mountain and I know this big goal at the end is still in line with what I'm trying to accomplish in my life. It's still who I feel like I am in my life and it's still where I'm trying to head. So I know today is really difficult and I know I'm fighting some battles today. I know it's really challenging, but look at this end goal. Look at where we're still trying to go and now trying to 
okay, the big the big thought was overwhelming yesterday, and today it's actually giving me some kind of peace internally to say, today is a stormy day on the seas, but we're still headed across the ocean. We're still going to make landfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a good way to tie in both perspectives and how they can both help you at different times. Cool. So another thing that you've done is you've participated in an Ironman triathlon. Do you feel like the mindset that you had to build when recovering from this car accident helped you to participate in that? Or how do those two tie together? And can you tell us a little bit about experiencing participating in that? Absolutely. So first, for anyone that doesn't know, just a quick summation, an Ironman consists of swimming two and a half miles, immediately doing a 112 mile bike ride, immediately then doing a full marathon, 26.2 miles running. It sounds just as crazy as it, it is just as crazy as it sounds. And a few years ago, someone that's close to me told me that they saw that in my future. And I laughed right in their face and said, you're couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, Those people are crazy. And now I am one of those crazy people. (laughs) (laughs) I, I 100% think that they tie in together. The mindsets were similar. The idea of taking as giant of a goal as what I just explained. How the hell do you attack that and how do you approach that? Being able to reverse engineer that end goal to say, okay, what are the smaller goals that lead up to that? What? How can I break this down into smaller milestones? How can running three miles today be a positive step towards running 26 and doing a marathon starting a marathon after you've already been working out for eight hours now i'm going to start a marathon how do i do that and it really i almost think it's cheating in a sense and an unfair advantage mentally because it's just given me such a wider understanding of what my limits as a person and human being are having a broken neck be the extreme mentally every day I've had a hard day I've been like well it's not a broken neck so I guess we can get through this if we got through that so it's kind of recalibrated what hard is and what challenging is and what I can overcome how much stress I can endure how much darkness mentally I can wade through it's kind of just expanded what that higher ceiling looks like and recalibrated everything underneath it to be like yeah this is yeah this is this is hard but like I get to do this I have the ability and I am able to do this I'm grateful I can do this I'm not in a wheelchair I'm not paralyzed I'm not dead I'm not any of these other things I have the ability to do this. And some people don't have this ability anymore, whether they are experiencing cancer, whether they have been just uh, born with a birth defect, whether they have some other health problems. There are people on this planet that physically cannot do that. And if I still have the opportunity and I still have the ability to do that, it's almost somewhat former version of a martyr or somewhat along those lines where I just feel like, you know, I'm damn lucky. And if I can do this, 
I just feel like, why not? Like, I want to be able to do this. I'm going to do this and kind of keep some of those voices in the back of my head that have cheered me on and have supported me along the whole way saying, you know, I don't know if I could do this for myself. And because you're doing this, you're showing me that maybe I'm not going to do that, but you know, maybe I'm not that crazy, but I'm going to push myself in some other zones in my life and try to expand my comfort level with something else or try to put this big goal on my radar and say, okay, maybe I can try to start working towards that. Yeah. And what a big goal. So how long did you train for all of that stuff? I think off and on, it was around three years, not consistently around the clock, but I'd say a good eight months on, four months off, kind of a second year cycle, a third year cycle, and really trying to to build that. Because essentially, I have zero background in any of this. I bought a bike and started riding it one day, and then I got really good at that, and I taught myself how to do that effectively. I just rode five miles and that turned into seven miles and that turned into 10 miles and 20, 40, 60. And I was like, okay, I got good at this. I wonder if I could teach myself how to swim. First time I got in a pool, I couldn't swim a single length without being completely out of breath, stopping and standing up in the pool. You know, I made it 12 yards and to swim in a Ironman, it's like, uh, 6,000 yards. Uh, So it it just started with, okay, let's just do one day. And it just continued and snowballed. And eventually you you can't just, you can't build that kind of endurance in a short period of time because you will overburden your body and you'll have more setbacks due to injury, due to lack of recovery and healing and growth in your muscles. So it really has taught me a lot about this idea of some things you can't have overnight. Uh, You have to put in time consistently over a period of time. And there just isn't another way to do that. It's not everything in life, but certain things you have to just take more time and go down that road and, and see, okay, today is a small step, but the small step is going to allow me to get to the big step. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you talk about the idea of instant gratification or the lack thereof in this case, (laughs) did it feel more rewarding because it wasn't instantly gratifying? It did. I agree with you. This world is very in love with the instant gratification these days and the dopamine releases and kind of these, this instant interaction with people and this kind of need for all this energy to hit right away and this delayed gratification yeah, it was incredible. And at the same time, that isn't to say that those smaller days also had their instant gratification. You know, the the bigger goal overall, yeah, that took, you know, probably four years from the time of conception of maybe this is a possibility to crossing over the finish line. And four years is quite a long time for a 14-hour experience and where do you learn more and what comes from where you know that 14 hours in and of itself taught me how much about myself and where can I go and what can I endure but at the same time that four years to lead up to give myself the opportunity to try to do that had its own 
benefits, its own challenges, its own checking in day to day to say, is that still my goal? Am I still trying to work towards that? Am I still staying on path with it? Is today a bad day, but that's still okay. Did I skip a workout even though I should have? Yes, but that doesn't change where I'm still trying to head. I'm trying to play with this, you know, instant gratification of the inner day paired with the delayed gratification of the bigger goal and using that in the the miniature instant gratifications along the way to try to fuel that longer delayed gratification yeah what a good idea that is and it's all about like finding the little things and actually making them the small victories not overlooking them but saying okay this is going to get me one step closer to my goal so on the days that you said is this still my goal I mean you went you must have asked yourself that many times. How did you get to the answer and how did you last all the time that it took to train for this? The most plain and blunt way I can put it is if I'd never tried, I would never let it go. And I would never forgive myself for saying, it's not that you couldn't do it. You just chose not to try. And I couldn't, live the rest of my life and be hopefully make it to 60 70 80 and look back on my life and go well I don't I I don't know if I could have done it I never I never actually tried and to waste so much experience internally rehashing that idea over and over over the next 40 years going I wonder if I could have done the Ironman and it was kind of that and I also did a half Ironman first, right? So that that's half distances of all of those that I explained. And I did that. And once I did that, I had a lot of people praise or congratulate. And oh wow, you did an Ironman. And every single time someone said that to me, I'd be like, Yeah, it was a half Ironman. Well, I didn't do an Ironman. And it just kind of kept sitting there and I was like, for me to have peace with myself, I I want to see this through to the end and know there's no asterisks next to it. And I don't have to qualify it in conversations. I don't have to, I don't have to handle my own guilt or my own negative feelings that I've tied to it to say, yeah, I'm not good enough. Yeah, I've only done a half Ironman. I've only, I haven't actually seen my goal through to the finish line. I've only kind of made it halfway there. It really turned into this is my own personal odyssey, my own personal journey, my own personal legend where I have to complete this for myself. Mm -hmm. And it's, it goes back to the people interviewing people on their deathbed and saying, what do you regret most in life? And they say the stuff that I didn't do that I wanted to or something. So you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, but that's, a good way to keep yourself going and just to be able to prove it to yourself that like I started this, I can finish it. Um, I can't speak from personal experience, but it's more of a mental thing than a physical thing, just because it's so easy to follow like emotion that you have to fight that constantly and the motivation versus I just have to do this. And I'm sure you went through a lot of that in both of those experiences in your life. You're nodding your head right now. <laughs> do you agree? Yeah, first thing I will say is there is no comparison and you probably have gone through some pretty crazy stuff in your life and that has been your experience. So I just like to always reflect that back to people because that's very often something that said to me like, oh, well, 
you know, I haven't had something that you, you know, I haven't gone through this like you have, but you have your own stories and you've experienced your own hardships and, and all of us as human beings know what grief and, and hard days look like and feel like to us based on our details. So I bet you can relate to more of it than you actually think that you can. But in terms of mental versus physical, yeah, it's anyone, I firmly believe physically that if anyone took enough time and broke off a little piece, and obviously you have to have certain things in your favor, it's harder to do if you have a job that takes a lot of time, it's harder to do if you don't have enough income, it's harder to do if you have a family that needs your attention and your love, it's different, and everyone's situation is different. But anyone basically could get fit and could work from one mile up to two miles, up to three miles. And But the mental side of that, yeah, it's, it's really hard to explain what it feels like to have so many people around you supporting you, cheering you on telling you how awesome you are, telling you you're inspiring, telling you that you're X, Y, Z. And meanwhile, you're like 12 hours into this incredible feat and you're like, I suck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, stop, you're terrible. Why are you doing this? What's the point? Oh, this is awful. And just letting that go and really having this practice I've entered into of understanding that Thoughts just kind of come and go. And you don't have to hold on to any of those thoughts. They aren't necessarily your thoughts. You you don't have to take ownership and take pride over your internal world saying, oh, my world is telling me I'm awful. So I guess that's the truth. And being able to just hear that and let it pass through and just continue and show yourself and to prove to yourself I am continuing to show up. I am continuing to move closer to my goal. This is actually measurable. I am seeing I'm getting closer to my goal. It is happening despite this negative feedback loop, despite the the words or the thoughts that are trying to dissuade me from actually pursuing this or completing this goal. They're just there and they're not my goal. They're not my thoughts. I don't have to hold on to them. I don't even have to listen to them. I can just kind of let them pass through and you know, kind of separate myself from being my thoughts. You can have thoughts and not actually identify as those thoughts and just hear them and no different than someone else's voice or someone else as a person, you know, nothing is 100% true. And just because you think I'm awesome or you think I'm terrible doesn't necessarily mean that either one of those are truths. It's just a perspective. It's just a thought. And you can hear it, you can look into it, and you can move past it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the brain just is so wild to me. <laughs> how, <laughs> yeah. how your thoughts can just come and go, and you really have to take your thoughts captive. And it's just the lifelong journey of being able to work through that. So thank you for your wisdom today. I, I don't know if you're a reader, but do you have a book or a resource that has really helped you in your life? that you'd like to recommend to others and uh, by resource that also includes podcast if you're not a reader. So if I had to pick a single book that is 
has been like the most impactful or the most I, I resonate with, I'm going to have to choose The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And that really summarizes kind of how I've lived my life in this view that we all have our own legends. We're all chasing our own story, our own tale that only makes sense to us. And there's so many things outside of us that want to detract from that or persuade us or dissuade us and trying to get to this point where you know what's true inside and you know what's going on with it. And really this idea, it's kind of funny reading through that whole book. It's something I've experienced in my own life of coming through this area of life and traveling through these experiences and going, oh no, thank you. I'm going over here to do this. And oh, I don't want this. I'm going, this is my goal. This is where I'm going. And no, I don't want to hear from you or I don't want this opportunity. Like this is where I'm going. And you kind of go through this whole experience and you make it to where you were going that whole time. And those things that were offered to you are actually part of your story and led you to where you were going. And it kind of all worked together and you turn around and, and look behind you and you're like, I thought I wanted this as my goal. And I actually was heading here the entire time. And it just, it's so fascinating how if you trust the flow of your life, instead of thinking, you know, how this script plays out, just, just go, just go. I, I firmly believe that people want this roadmap of everything in detail of what am I committing to? And no one wants to just punch the plane ticket, punch the, just go on the adventure. You, you have to like walk through the adventure to get anything out of it. You can't just cherry pick the good experiences out of it or Oh, I only want to have, I'm going to only navigate good experiences through life. It's absolutely impossible. So if you just pick the adventure you want, you have good, bad, everything. And you just go through that and it's, you know, it's all good. At the end of the day, the bad teaches you if you want to look into it. And it just, the adventure is what life is all about. None of us mm -hmm. know what this is. We're just going through it and have as many experiences as you can have. Yeah. Well, it sounds like an interesting book. <laughs> so let's wrap up by asking, where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find me anywhere. If you type in my name into Google, Patrick Linfante, it'll bring up my website, patricklinfante.com. If you, you can find me on Facebook, on LinkedIn. My brand for Instagram and all of that stuff is The Patrick Perspective. It's, it's how I see the world, both figuratively and physically, literally kind of where I am on my adventures and kind of just thoughts I have and how I see the world and what lens I'm looking at the world through. So you can type that into Instagram or, or uh, anything like that and come find me, chat with me, have a conversation and see where it goes. Perfect. Yeah. And I'll link those in the show notes too, for those of you wanting to look into that. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Patrick. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Carly. I appreciate you. Cheers. Do you own a small business and need help with your numbers? I can help with that. Hi, I'm Carly Balti, owner of KW Accounting Services and the host of this podcast. Knowing your numbers is definitely in the top five things you should absolutely, without a doubt, no questions asked, prioritize in your business. You might be scared because you think your numbers are a mess, but I can help you get them organized and keep them organized going forward. Go to my website, carlywalty.com, to book a free consultation call to get quoted. Are you just starting your business and you have more expenses than income? 
Even if you don't have room in your budget for a bookkeeper, I still have something that can help you. Look on my website to see if my DIY bookkeeping template is right for you. Right now, get 10% off my template with the code PODCAST. I feel like Patrick has had some unique life experiences that have really shaped who he is. I like how he could relate his experiences to everyone who is going through something hard. Everyone's situation may be different, but everyone goes through hard things, and it's important to know how to work through those. Here are the takeaways. Number one, discipline wins over motivation any day of the week. Patrick reminds us that you get a lot more results out of actually doing what you know needs to be done rather than just what you want to do. Number two, taking accountability for your own actions and choices can really be pivotal in your life. Patrick took accountability in his life for making one of the worst decisions and chose to make it a learning opportunity. Number three, Patrick shows how vulnerability can be so helpful for other people in similar situations needing to share their story. It can help you begin to process your experience and allow healing to take place. Number four, when forward progress seems too overwhelming, focus on small victories. As Patrick said, some days are easier, some days are harder. Some days have a lot more fruits, some days have a lot more planting. Thank you so much for listening into this episode. I hope you are encouraged to take the path of resistance, whatever that looks like for you. Even though it might be scary, it is worth it in the end to know that you lived a life of intentionality and reaped beautiful rewards. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the next one.